Sean Lenny. John Honey. Colin Westman. Matt Carson. These things sad. We're busy people. We're still doing it. You know? It's more than you can say. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. You probably don't even exist, dick. <laughs> so, so this week was the uh, big presidential debates. So I assume we're doing something related to that. No. No? I don't think so. Huh. What are we doing? We are doing our top ten favorite fictional athletes. I don't know what that ties into. Uh, MLB postseason, maybe? Yeah, sure. Football's going on. Football? That was the main thing I was thinking because of the whole whole ref debacle inspired this. Ah, but that shit's settled. That shit Mm. is settled. So we don't even really need to do a podcast. This is all bonus content, like, starting now. Right. I don't like it. Would you Would you stop undermining us, Sean? We're <laughs> <laughs> trying to do a podcast here. I'm so tired. You must be. But so, yeah, um... Just mainly movie about... athletes, it looks like. It's like a TV guy. What? Our Anyways, list, <laughs> our list is mainly made up of film characters. Yeah, pretty much. Because we're us. Because we're us. I I just don't think there is as many TV uh, ones, but we got a, we got a few other stuff. No one from. Hey. Did anybody put a Charlie Sheen from Anger Management on? <laughs> I believe there was what? a discussion about that. <laughs> I, I don't even know his name. I assume it's Charlie something. I bet you're right. All right, so let's just dive right in. Okay. <laughs> okay, number one, or not number one, our, just the first one on the list we got. We got Apollo Creed from Rocky, the All-American. Did he have a nickname? He must have had a nickname. All boxes have a nickname. He definitely did. I had a t-shirt, but he was the... Uh, antagonist of Rocky, which is weird because he seems like such a great guy, but he's this... He symbolizes the American dream. Uh, Carl Weathers plays him. He's wears awesome stars and stripes trunks. Um, he's a fair man. There's, you know, there's nothing... Uh, he's not really arrogant or anything. He wants, a, he wants a real challenge. That's why he goes... He takes Rocky. Well, that, that and it's a great story. So, maybe there is some ego going on there but no but he's he's cool and uh him and uh, rocky they they become friends and he apollo creed becomes integral part of the franchise oh the master of disaster i think that's what i was thinking up for his nickname yeah it's interesting because 
I mean, when you're gonna fight someone, you th you think it would be well, I gotta hate this guy, but I mean, the reality of of the first Rocky is it's much more complex than that, and the reason him and Rocky are fighting is is really financial. You know, it's just an interesting fight that'll get people buying tickets. I mean, if you really look at it, Rocky was like like a two bit thug for a loan shark guy, so. I mean, he, he Apollo Creed's almost the more moral character in that respect. Yeah, and it's just a no. kind of random chance that they end up fighting each other. But yeah, they're they're just two men, and they both have strong morals, and you like both of them. Of course, you're rooting for Rocky because he's the underdog, but you like Apollo Creed, and that's why I like Rocky too so much because you get even more of them. And uh, and of course, in Rocky Three, they have hilarious, hilarious with training. Where they're running on the beach. I think that was Rocky Three. Like when they're running on the beach in slow motion, and at the end they're like, you know, just, you know, sparring, sparring, ding ding. They punch and become a painting. <laughs> yeah. That's what does great. that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's like you see movies that end with freeze frames, but never seen a movie aside from Rocky that ends with them turning into a painting. <laughs> it was that legendary that people would be. Painting portraits of it. Would it be really sweet to have in your living room you have the painting from the end of Rocky? <laughs> like, yeah. It's pretty, pretty sweet. What What did they... What movie spoofed that? Or I show? Family Guy spoofed it. Family Guy. Mm -hmm. Of course. They were right on that. Well, I mean, right on that. 20 years later. 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see anybody else do it. Um... But yeah, I mean, the, the Rock, Rocky's an iconic movie, and I love all the characters in them. I don't think there's any characters in the first Rocky that I like. Like, God, I hate that guy. At least in that, the first one, I feel like I kind of like everybody. What about Rocky's scummy boss, Tony Gazzo? Yeah, no, he's pretty likable. <laughs> all right, sure. yeah, he was pretty good to Rocky. He even came to his fight. That's right, he did. Yeah, he's wearing his fancy coat. I have, don't ask me why, but I have an action figure of that character. <laughs> my my mom, like, this was, like, when I was really into Rocky for a period of time in, like, 2005 or something, they released these, like, cool, like, Rocky action figures. And my mom's like, here, John, like, I got you. All the all the characters, I had a bunch of them. And they, but they did, like, everybody. Like, I have a figure of Polly, Rocky's brother, <laughs> brother-in-law. That's a good on. one to have. Could you really consider that an action figure? <laughs> I guess it's an inaction figure. I mean, he just yeah, he comes with his hat and like a jacket. He just yells at Adrian. <laughs> yeah, it's d domestic abuse. You're ability. dumb. <laughs> He's got like a backhand slap t-shirt, and he comes with like the turkey that was like on the ground. He's like he comes with a drumstick. Oh, nice. He might he might have come with a drumstick. I really don't remember. Uh, but back to Apollo Creed. Which I have a figure of, and also the bruised variant. Um, he's... Like, is he in a wheelchair? <laughs> no. And I had a t-shirt. I had a Apollo Creed t-shirt. People commented all the time, and I felt great. I really wish I still had that. It's like the wrong side, John. Master of Disaster, and I picked. I was comfortable with my decision. Yeah, I no, think it's Apollo a testament to how likable he is that Rocky Four, the way that starts off, really pisses me off. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, I don't want to spoil any, anything. Even that movie came out a very long time ago. But uh, bad, bad stuff for Apollo Creed. Um, I like him. I don't know that he has a great chance to make this list because Rocky is also on this list, and I don't think we're going to have two people from the same movie. Uh, but I thought he was definitely worth uh, bringing up. But I think we can probably chop him right now. So long. I got nothing. Pop, pop. Bodie from Point Break. A little Swayze. Now, for those not familiar with Point Break, can you explain the sports aspect? Yeah, so Point Break is about a cop who is looking for bank robbers who rob banks disguised as... Well, not disguised, but wearing masks uh, of former presidents of the United States. And so he searches for them in surfer gangs. And one of them is led by Patrick Swayze, uh, this character Bodie, who's like this really spiritual surfer dude who also, as it turns out, is the bank robber. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bodie's short for like Bodhisattva, right? I think so. Yeah. But yeah, he's like the best surfer like out of all of them. And he's like really amazing. And there's one storm wave. Where is it? In Hawaii or something? Like mm-hmm. this legendary wave that he wants to go surf someday. It's like only once in a hundred years or something. Yeah. It's this legendary wave up here. And we get to see that kind of unfold near the end. And it's pretty, it's pretty touching. I mean, touching between bros. Bromant. But Bodie's all about all sorts of extreme sports. I mean, you could. I mean, there's a really memorable skydiving sequence in this movie. Yeah, that's very extreme sports. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. I and mean, it looks like they're really doing it. And I think you could almost think of his uh, his bank robbing as just another even more <laughs> extreme activity that he does to support his weird spiritual peaceful lifestyle. <laughs> Except for all the gun waving and whatnot. Oh yeah, he's. I mean, he's definitely a thrill seeker. So he's. He just has to keep his adrenaline going at all times. So he. I mean, I'm sure if the movie's longer or something, he'd be doing like extreme bike riding and stuff. <laughs> Give him a chance. Could you imagine like great scene where he could be like on a bike and then like Gary B.C. has to get on a bike. God damn it, gun. He's got his meatball sub in one hand. <laughs> just won't let it go. <laughs> I just remember one scene where he's like, wants Kenry to get him meatball subs. But then shit hits the fan. Uh, I think Point Break is a pretty excellent action movie. I think I, I Colin told me once the, when we were watching it on TV or something, I was like, my God, this movie has everything. <laughs> yeah, that was when we were like 10 years old. But yeah, that was your reaction. Uh, You're just floored by it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that I think that's true. It does have everything. It's got skydiving. It's got surfing. It's got bank robbing action. Gary Busey, the doctor from Scrubs. <laughs> What's his name? Finley. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Kiedis, with hot chili peppers. Yeah. <laughs> and what doesn't make it work is. Keanu Reeves. 
It's it's all Patrick Swayze. I mean, he's just he's he has a a really magnetic personality in this movie. You want to be around him. You you can understand the appeal of him to someone like Keanu Reeves' character. Although Keanu Reeves has trouble rendering that himself. <laughs> Just yeah. really confused and awestruck. Basically. For most of the movie. I feel like Patrick Swayze was pretty douchey in that movie. He is kind of du- yeah, he is pretty douchey, actually. Well, I mean, when you think of surfers, do you really think, like... I feel like they gotta be kind of douchey. That's just... <laughs> it just comes with the territory. It's yeah. all about the waves, bro. You just gotta... Well, is this a bra in that movie? Or is that, like, a recent development? I feel like they gotta drop a bra bomb at least once in that movie. Yeah, but I feel like people didn't start saying bra until, like, when I got to college. Yeah, but I feel like surfers have been saying it for a while. Yeah, I feel like this total bro movie, if more bros knew about it, it's kind of old, the most modern bros. There's all about 300. I feel I like think Hot they, Fuzz helped it. I think they'd like it, though. A lot of, a lot of moments, a lot of bromance. A lot of bromance. <laughs> They gotta remake this, right? And ruin it. It's only a matter of time. Not even that old. Gerard Butler. As who? As Bodie. Bodie? Yeah. Yeah, and then like some young guy from the CW who you've never heard of as Keanu Reeves. And you can still have John McGinley in it. (laughs) Sure. It's timeless. Can't you just give me like a Liam Hemsworth? You know, just someone. I'll give, you, I'll give you Chris Hemsworth. Dude, I'll take it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Not as good, but, oh, you know, pretty close. It would make more sense for him to be Bodhi since yeah. there's that one moment in The Avengers when Tony Stark calls him point break. Yeah. That's oh. too good. Okay, but when it comes down to it, do you really think this is going to make the list, Bodhi? You know, I just wanted to think outside the box a little bit. You know, it's not, sure. not necessarily a sports movie, but certainly a movie that has a lot of reverence for sports. And now another movie that has another reverence for sports. <laughs> ah, you're talking about Buddy from Airbud. Airbud. Has have you guys all seen Airbud? No. Yeah. I have. I have. I was definitely thinking more uh, most valuable primate. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. Now, but the problem with most valuable primate is it's, it's too much. You just you can't believe it at all. Airbud, you're like, yeah. It makes sense. This lonely kid, your dog. Well, the weird thing about Airbud is it's like a semi-true story, so I don't even know if it actually qualifies. Because Airbud is played by Airbud is played by a dog named Buddy, who was discovered by the guy, some guy. I don't know. I don't know what he's how he was credited on the film, but this guy just discovered Buddy as a stray, and then somehow like trained it to be a Hollywood dog and like make it do stuff like play sports. Like, Buddy is also the comet on Full House. Do you, guys know, up, do you guys know that? I don't, I don't know much about Full House. I did back in, like, you know, the 90s. <laughs> like, the reruns on wherever I was watching. I feel like I've seen, like, almost every episode of Full House somehow. Anyways. What's the best episode of Full House, John? Uh, I, any, I like the ones with the Beach Boys. There's, like, three of those. <laughs> <laughs> So, so this doesn't sound that similar to what happens well, in the movie. It's similar in the, the movie, movie. He finds a stray. Right? He joins a human basketball team. <laughs> plays 
Apparently, this is okay to compete in inter. There's no rule against it. That's true. Is that I, feel what like, they say? I feel like there is a scene like that where they're like, well, there's no rule against dogs playing basketball. <laughs> Let him play. Yeah. But then he finds out that he secretly has an owner. Yeah, it's this angry clown. I remember that. Yeah, but he's, he's no bitch. He's just trying to get Airbud because he knows it's worth money now. Yeah, of course. I what what I find so confusing that Airbud is like, how does a dog play basketball? He can't dribble, right? It's, Could he it's dribble? It's exclusively alley oops. <laughs> That's all he did. He didn't do anything else. Did he alley oop too, or did he? Was he scoring or assisting? I feel like he scored. He yeah, like hit the ball with his nose and stuff. Can you imagine how much that would hurt? The dog Being did all the time. He was all about it. <laughs> I just wonder if like if it's his nose or if it's his like mouth. Because <laughs> well, like snout. when you get hit in the nose, it hurts a lot. You know. Well. How do dogs do that? I don't, I don't, I don't know how sensitive. Like the main tool of a dog. It's how they pick shit up. It's how they take stuff apart. It's basically all they got. I'm just. I think what amazes me more is where this franchise has gone. Airbud has played basketball. He's played football. He's played soccer, volleyball, baseball, and then there's these spinoff. <laughs> I don't know, but I remember the bad guy was like a raccoon. <laughs> Like this guy driving around in a truck and he's got an evil raccoon. <laughs> I, I I saw a commercial or something. But then there's these spin-off movies where they're like Airbud's puppies, but like they go to space. I believe you're talking about Air Buddies. <laughs> yeah, it's like a spin-off of the spin-offs where <laughs> Airbud and Molly, who's a female Airbud, <laughs> their puppies go on adventures like to Alaska. Um, there's a Christmas one, a Halloween one, an Indiana Jones style adventure. I that sounds pretty great. And then, but space—that's one that gets me. Could could you imagine when you saw this first movie, Airbud? Someday there's going to be a semi sequel to this movie where that dog's puppies are in space. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't think that about the little brave little toaster either. What happened there? Yeah, they went to space. Unfortunately. <laughs> That is like the worst thing you can do. I can't think of like a series where they went to space like later on in a sequel where that was a good decision. It's like a last resort, but no. Um, back to Airbud. I kind of liked this movie when I was a kid, but I have a feeling if I watched it now, I would think it's pretty bit dumb. It's definitely for little kids. <laughs> no, I, I feel like I kind of liked it. I know I watched it a few times when I was a kid, but I, did, I knew... Those sequels could not be good. I, I never, not even the first one, do I have any interest in. I feel like there's something depressing about Airbud. It was a dramedy, I remember. It was, there's like drama in it. Yeah, and it like takes place in this shitty town where it seems like everything sucks and everyone's really sad. Of course, it was in Washington State, too. So. Uh, yeah, of course. But yeah, I, I seem to recall they didn't really sugarcoat it. So maybe it wasn't just for little kids. Maybe that's why I liked it. Um, now, I may be thinking about Cop Dog, but didn't this one also start with his dad dying? Yes. He died in some sort of crash plane. Seventh inning fetch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think baseball is the most ridiculous one. I 
holding a bat in his mouth and then swinging. <laughs> I love the cover though. It's like you know, Airbud interaction. Yeah. Oh good god! The raccoon doesn't look like menacing at all. Yeah. It's because it's a raccoon. I know. There are How menacing could it look? In this series. Thirteen. <laughs> They're just that good. Including two Santa Paws films. <laughs> yeah, I think Christopher Lloyd is in one of those. Not to be confused with Santa Buddies, which is <laughs> the same series, but that's part of Air Buddies, not Santa Paws. Wow, Air Buddies like the new Land Before Time. I didn't know he wore shoes. <laughs> An Air Bud? In the best, I'm watching the trailer for the second <laughs> He plays first base. Oh, I mean, you can't let an athlete go on the field not wearing shoes. It's just bad sports. He's, he's not wearing shoes in the in the only in the basketball court. Mm. Yeah, I think there might mm. be a Sonic's cameo in this movie. That would be sweet. Oh, you know, I almost want to watch this again. Almost. <laughs> Um, it, I don't know. It was a success. Uh, it got beat out apparently at the box office though by Air Force One, two movies with air in the title. That is sort of interesting, but yeah, it was a big hit, I guess. Uh, ooh, directed by Charles Martin Smith. Oh, of the, the actor. Tale. So that's interesting. I didn't know that Charles Martin Smith directed Air Bud. <laughs> If I ever meet him, I know what I'm going to talk about. Remember Dolphin Tale? It had Morgan Freeman in it. Did Charles Martin Smith direct that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess he likes animals. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, you're right. All right. So, Airbud. Airbud's a a maybe, right? No. How about Casey at the back? Who put this on here? I actually put it on here. Explain how this happened. What do you mean? He's a fictional athlete. I know. I just like I'd never heard of this. You never heard of Casey at the Bat? Is this from like some like Disney Mary Melodies type collection? No. Well, okay. Let's let's first let me say that it's not a movie. It's I know. I watched it. The short. I'm just wondering what it was part of. I, it was, I was just saying it from the poem. The yeah. poem? I thought, you meant, the I thought you meant the, uh, it was like an animated cartoon. No. It's kind of famous. No. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Well, I don't know. I just thought it might be cool to mention what was probably like maybe one of the earliest examples of a fictional athlete, or at least in American culture. And uh, I just like the way he's used in the poem just because you imagine him as this big hulking, like just Paul Bunyan-esque figure. And then he comes up to bat and he totally strikes out, which, you know, is pretty indicative of baseball as a sport because even the best fuck up sometimes. I would call strike out a fuck <laughs> Well, they're all dependent on him. They're all waiting for Casey to come up because he's he's their guy. But no, he's like a Casey really, has struck out. Early twentieth century 
have them done. Yeah. <laughs> excellent examples. I can imagine him looking like Adam Dunn. No one's expecting Sean Figgins. To Sean Figgins is. He's trying to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I can't believe you said that. Like, Seattle's really trying to hold on to Sean Figgins. Can't get enough of this guy. It seems like, like, I feel like we're going to release him like six months ago. <laughs> I don't see it's so great about a guy that had all this hype and then sucked. <laughs> and then and the version I watched, which is, I think it was is done by Disney. It's basically just the poem, but with animation. He's like cries after he strikes me. <laughs> <laughs> what a fish. That shows you how dated it is, because if he did it in like the 90s, he'd like just break his bat. I mean, he looks, he looks totally sweet. He's, at the, he's huge. He's got the mutton chops. He's like reading like a porno magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Disney, you say? It's like some sort of like burlesque. Like, like that's all the comments. Like, is he reading Playboy or like what is he reading? <laughs> it, it's the animation is uh, it's pretty it's pretty clever. I think it was done in the forties. Mm-hmm. See, I thought it was like part of you know they they had those like old Disney movies where it was just like a collection of like like animated musical stuff and like little shorts. I thought it was like one of those. I had never heard of this. And then I look. I was googling what the hell's Casey the Bat, and I saw it was a poem. But then I saw it was like an animated thing, so I was like, "Oh, this this must be it." <laughs> Am I the only person that's seen this cartoon? I think so. Probably. Okay. Well, it's okay. I just I don't know. I like because he's crying at the end of that short. I hate him because. <laughs> All this hype, everyone's like, he's awesome, he's going to do it. And then he's just like crying. I'm like, God, what a bitch. You know, John, that's real life. That's what it's like. It's real life. That guy on the Marlins didn't cry. You know who else cried at the end? Rocky you know what I'm Balboa. Saying? <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying? That guy who uh, just had the one at bat. Yeah, I would. That's so stupid. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I would like, if I was him. I'd be like, no, I'm not gonna get one at bat that doesn't actually against mean. against R. A. Dickey out of all people too. Yeah, he always struck out on three pitches. It's pretty like I guess it kind of when you think of it, it kind of ends up being like pretty lame story. <laughs> this guy is like the real Casey at the bat, except there wasn't really any hype for him. There's no reason to think he would do well. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> they even like what? So he only got one at bat. They didn't even like play him the whole. They, game. I think he pinch hit uh, in like the middle of the game. So I guess they just took him out because I feel like he went about it in like the sixth. And he looked at one pitch, and then he swung on the next two. He was out. But I mean, it's already Dicky. So greatest player of all time. Greatest player of all <laughs> history of baseball, basically. Too bad he's real. He doesn't seem real. He's like a dream. It's just like, we're going to give you this opportunity that you totally did not earn. Basically, he just like, oh, I feel bad for this guy. <laughs> no, I felt bad for Coop. <laughs> I mean, totally different situation, but he's getting hurt all the time. So, Anyways. do we play into Colin's fancy high culture poetry <laughs> pick? I feel like this poem probably isn't even like respected by people that aren't that are into poetry. Like I don't know that, but I, I it's not I that highbrow of a poem. I just I feel like poetry people they gotta embrace it all. Really? You think and so? I feel like if 
if you're like, man, I, I like, you like poetry, I, I like this poem, is this a good poem? And you're like that poetry person, you're not going to be like, fuck that poem. Like, you can't, you can't be an elitist and be all about poetry. You, you, just, you can't afford that. Your circle gets too small. I don't know, Sean. I've had, I've had fuck that poem moments, like, in classes where they're, like, people graded, the, the professor graded, like, worse poems, like, lower. Like, I don't like what you wrote. You're stupid. That is, that is some fucked up shit. It was very, I was very um, confused by that. Uh, I like this poem. It's got that nice kind of old-timey 1800s turn-of-the-century feel. I could totally imagine Conan O'Brien, like, <laughs> reciting this. Yeah. It's definitely something you would appreciate. Yeah. Remember the first time I heard it was when... It was like my seventh grade English class. Miss Michelson, did you have her, Nancy? Yeah. Yeah, do you remember reading this in that class? The only thing I remember from that class is that uh, adverbs have lee, 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 lee at the end. (laughs) Professional writer, everybody. Okay. That's where I learned that, Sean. It stuck with me to this day. That's that's how you do it, huh? Lee, 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 lee. Like she was like screaming at you. I just remember when I read the poem. It was like the first time I knew what the phrase "the latter and the former" meant. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's like the thing and the thing before." Right. You get the breakthroughs in that class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, I think it's a good poem. I just the character. I don't. He's he disappointed. Yeah, I guess he doesn't need to be on the list, like everyone else we've mentioned so far, except for our next guy. It's pretty cool. You talking about Crash? I'm talking about Crash Davis. (laughs) That there's apparently a real person named Crash Davis whose name inspired the fictional Crash Davis, but he's dead. Okay, that was a bad start. Okay, so Crash Davis was Kevin Costner in Bull Durham. And what I love about that character, for one thing, is like he's like, he spent like practically his whole career in minor leagues, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like 12 years. Like 12 years. He's like on, I think he's like nearing setting like some sort of minor league record. And he doesn't give a shit, but you know. But he's cool. He's the guy that he, that he, he comes in and he trains the, the young guns with his sagely advice of sorts. And he's just really like a real cool guy. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm a little rusty on the specifics. But Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like the dynamic between him and Tim Robbins just because it shows how in sports, like, you can be the smartest guy. You can know every single aspect of the sport you're playing, and yet... At the same time, at the end of the day, you're just not going to be good enough or at least as good as the kid with the, the hot arm who, who doesn't know anything. Yeah, and what's great is he teaches him like, all the stuff that you should say when you're asked certain questions and the way you should act. And like this guy, like cor- Tim Robbins, incorporates that like, later into the movie, and I love yeah, that's, that. That's really funny. It really shows like, the influence of a veteran player on you know, this young up-and-comer. And I, it's cool. I think there's like it, 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 it's funny, and I think there's probably some realism to that. I bet it is kind of like that a little bit. 
I hope so. I remember it was that great Mariners commercial where they parodied the scene in Bull Durham where they all go around and they're talking with the gloves. Classic scene. Yeah, Bull Durham's one of my favorite baseball movies. It's it's my favorite baseball movie. It's your favorite? Absolutely. Major I love it. League, man. Uh, it's, it's up there. I think it may be my number two. My favorite is actually Field of Dreams. Big Kevin Costner baseball movie fan. I've also seen... Uh, for the love of the game, which I kind of like, which is another of his baseball characters. That's one where he's a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, and he's pitching a perfect game. And his catcher is John C. Riley. <gasps> they made him squat that long? That's dangerous. They, they probably had to get some union permissions to do some of that. Thing. This is like John C. Riley before he... I don't know if John C. Riley is ever breaking out, but you know. This is 90s John C. Riley, Sean. Just saying, it's not a man I would like to make squat for extended period. Yeah, well, I don't see I a lot think... of leg strength in John C. Riley. Why not? I feel he's more about the upper body, to be honest. We're we just going to be real about my assessment of John C. Riley's <laughs> But no, I love how Bull Durham, uh, its sense of humor regarding the minor league, it's much better than. Uh, Major League Back to the Miners, yeah, which is a very bad movie about Major League Baseball, which is the unfortunate sequel to a once good franchise, or at least the first one was good, but we'll get to that later. Uh, but no, Crash Davis, he's, yeah, just one of the most likable fictional sport athletes. I feel like a lot of like real baseball players like really respect that character. I feel like they respect Bull Durham a lot in the baseball world. So you gotta have it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it because it's about more of the the tiny details that are in between the lines in terms of baseball. Like it doesn't have like a big game at the end. I like that too. That it's not just they're trying to win some big game at the end. Oh yes, yeah. he's just got to move on with his real life. Move on. You saying you want me to move on? I move I on so. to I think so. the Karate Kid. Now, I know, obviously, you put Mr. Miyagi on this list, but it just didn't seem right. Because he doesn't <laughs> compete in the competition. He's a coach. So, yeah, I had to downgrade to Daniel-san. Uh, Whatever. Daniel-san's awesome. Downgrade. Now, I didn't... This is interesting because I didn't see Karate Kid as a kid, so I didn't, like, get to grow up with it. I don't know. You you guys see Karate Kid as kids? Yes. All no. four of them. Okay. I grew up with three ninjas. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's part of my life, too. <laughs> but no, I didn't see Karate Kid like two years ago. So I was like, am I going to like this? Is that when like the new kids one came out? Um, it must have been. It, it was definitely before that. I feel like it was before that was announced. So maybe it was even before that. In three, four years ago. I don't know. Time really flies. Um, but I really liked this movie. I, it was, it was, it's great because it's so 80s, like with all the music in it. All the music's like Bananarama and stuff. <laughs> and it's got a... Oh, God, is this the one that has You're the Best? Yes, it is. That's, You're the Best. He's fighting much, in the tournament yeah. and it's showing him whooping. Which is pretty much... I mean, obviously it's um, debatable, but it's my favorite training or montage getting ready song i think it's hilarious Dude, you're the best 
That song from Rocky IV is ridiculous. It's so good. That song's okay. It's, <laughs> it's like the worst song I've ever heard, but that it's just the best. I love it. You know, it's funny. I feel like you're the best was originally... Sean's hey, hey, not dead. Go <laughs> No, that's enough of that. <laughs> uh, I think You're the Best was originally offered to Rocky Three, but of course they had Eye of the Tiger, which is probably the most famous Basically the same montage. Song. Yeah. So, uh, so Karate Kid got You're the Best, but I don't know. I kind of like You're the Best. Uh, what's also funny is this movie is directed by uh, John Avildsen, who directed Rocky. So, And, of course, the music is by Bill Conti, who did the music to Rocky. So this has that, I don't know, uplifting feel I think Rocky has. Yeah, it's a lot like Rocky. It is. It's like a little kid, little kid Rocky. Uh, what makes it different is you know he's not interested in this sport at all, really, to begin with. Unlike Rocky, who wants to be a boxer, he's just kind of doing his other things to get by. Daniel San is this—he's a troubled kid, getting in trouble, and uh, Mr. Miyagi just happens into his life. I, does he beat up little kids in this one, or is that more in the later movies that Mr. Miyagi? I'm pretty sure he beats up some kids in this one. I'm pretty sure he beat up some kids. Uh, You know, who definitely beats up kids is the Cobra Kai master guy. He's He's all about pummeling his students. (laughs) And cheating. He's like the worst person ever. Yeah, he doesn't really get his comeuppance until the beginning of Karate Kid 2 when Mr. Miyagi just kicks the shit out of him. (laughs) Karate Kid 2 is is really like Rocky 2, and then it begins like immediately in the aftermath of the first movie. Yeah. I I thought that was really weird. It takes place literally after the last fight. Uh, But yeah, I'm just just focused on Karate Kid 1. Yeah, great. Mr. Miyagi gets the last laugh, and he honks that guy's nose. Yeah. That was great. He ah! should have like just took his nose and broke it. <sighs> and then the movie ends. Could you imagine that? <laughs> this is mine now. <laughs> and of course, it's got the iconic uh, what grasshopper style move at the end, which can't be like a legal karate move. Definitely doesn't seem like it. Where he holds up his arms and one leg and then kicks the guy in the face. <laughs> Yeah, but it's sweet. Because that guy's fighting dirty anyway. He was. He was cheating. I, I like that that kid's like, I want to fight dirty. But Cobra Kai guy's like, you're going to fight dirty. You're going to win. <laughs> I am a terrible. Villain. He's a terrible human being. I wish we could have put kickboxer on this list. God, I got to see that movie. I've seen all the kicks. Yeah, me too. He kicks so much. And he kicks so hard. And he kicks in so many places. But it's mostly the same kick over and over. Hey, here's a here's a fun fact. Uh, the bad guy, the Cobra Kai guy, was uh, that part was offered to Chuck Norris. Oh, and he he turned it down because he thought it reinforced a negative stereotype of martial arts. Just white people martial arts. I I hate that Chuck Norris related jokes exist because he seems like the most. Like disappointing, boring person. He's just so like, oh, don't want to send a negative message. That's oh, gotta support my Huckabee. But he's also, <laughs> I feel like he's pretty anti-gay as well, or at least anti-gay rights. He's just so like such a square. I mean, he maybe may fight people, but he's such a just totally boring guy. I really dislike Chuck Norris. Yeah, how did that all get started? 
I feel like this is just my opinion, but I feel like it got started with Conan O'Brien because yeah. he used to show Walker Texas Ranger clips on Conan yeah. all the time. So that would have been the early two thousands, late nineties or so, and it's still quite, it's still still there. It's not going. Oh, it's hell there. It's yeah, it's not going anytime soon. It's it's going nice and slow. It's okay. Walker told me I have AIDS. Oh, slow. You were setting up a segue. Uh, you're talking about Fast Eddie Felsen from The Hustler and The Color of Money. Two movies, one character, one actor. One and the actor is Paul Newman. Connor, remember you showed me The Hustler. Had you seen it before that? Nope, that was the first time. So that was a special... Actually, we, bought, we watched both of these together. Yeah. I want to say they were really close to each other when that happened. Probably. I just remember they are both very enjoyable experiences yeah uh but again that was a while ago it was i can't remember that much well what was what was paul newman's deal here i i mean he hustled what was his what was his style shtick there was something he did right he uh did he play into like the psychological aspect at all of pool of hustling people think so well why don't you I guys take say... a step back because i've never seen either of these movies but uh hustling is you, you act like you're really bad at it and then you secretly win at the end i want to say he played mind games and was very charismatic in doing that <laughs> like it's, it's sad that i i can only say i want to say because it's been a little bit um but no he's a very charismatic character i mean paul newman always is and he really just eats this part up what's he trying to do just make money? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think for some reason he has to like beat Minnesota Fats, Jackie Gleason's character. And George C. Scott's there. <laughs> He's Supporting him? I don't know, but yeah, seeing those three guys in that movie is really fun. Yeah. We're not really doing this film justice, but trust no, me, it's pretty good. But I mean, we just added this to the list in the last minute, so. <laughs> not a lot of prep time. Where does no. Tom Cruise enter into this equation? Well, he's the star of. Well, actually, it's funny. He, he's. I think he's got top billing, but I feel like Paul Newman pretty much takes over the last half of the movie. If I recall. Sounds about right. Yeah, and that, that one's Martin Scorsese. That's pretty cool. Uh, let me see. Tom Cruise. You don't even know. I don't even remember. Yeah, he's just like a young hotshot, I believe. <laughs> and Paul Newman has shown the ropes. Uh, I just pulled that out of my ass. I have no idea. Would the movie have been as impactful if it was just called Green? No. It wouldn't really made any sense. I guess you could be like, are they talking about the pool table or like money? So it's got double meaning. Yeah, same. New works almost as well. He got the Academy Award for the uh, color of money, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. How many other characters on here have an Oscar? One uh, other should. There's definitely been some Oscar stuff buzz around some of these guys like yeah. back in the day. I don't want to sit here and spoil the list though. So you guys don't remember this very well. Yeah. Uh, just, should we just bump him to honorable mention? 
I don't know. I remember him being a really great character. We just don't but, remember why. But yeah. <laughs> well, we did bump a lot of people at the beginning, so I guess I'll leave him for now. But he's on notice. Okay. Although, I'd be pretty much okay if all the lists we ever did were just Paul Newman ten times. Here's a, <laughs> speaking of likable people, here's someone I don't like. Kenny Powers from He's Bound Down. Probably the the greatest like sports catchphrase. You're fucking out. You're fucking out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I felt a little weird putting this on because I actually did not watch the other seasons. I know some Nancy, you did. I'm all about this show. How did the other seasons uh, stack up in your opinion? Uh, second one wasn't quite as good. I thought the third one was pretty good. Now the second one, he goes to Mexico. Uh, the third one, what's going on? Third one, basically, he's like on a minor league team in Myrtle Beach, uh, South Carolina, and uh, his his on again off again girlfriend uh, has his baby, and so and then she, she just dumps it on him and like leaves. So he's got to like raise this baby, and it's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone that doesn't know, Kenny Powers is this hot-headed former baseball pitcher, and first season is kind of following him after his career, but he's trying to make his comeback. But he's he was teaching, he was a gym teacher, and a bad one. He'd make his kids do, he's bad at everything. <laughs> make them do Thunderdome. That's what they did in PE. This is Thunderdome, and. I can see what Sean was saying. Kenny Powers is so arrogant. He is so mean. He's a terrible person. The the, the show's really weird. You know, it's kind of the reason I stopped watching is that show is so (laughs) mean-spirited to good people. I feel like Danny McBride's whole shtick is playing... I mean, look at the fist away. He just plays really stupid, arrogant jerks. and, And all the humor is derived from... He's just saying horrible things that no one would ever actually say to anyone. I know. I mean, that's a, that's the main reason I like the show. I love his rhythm. I love how he delivers. Like it, like it feels like improv. Like he just like okay, say a bunch of mean things to this. Yeah, person. he's really good at it. And like, like one of my favorite scenes is when like he's it's like one of the first episodes of the third season. And he shows up to his kid's birthday party. And he's like hella drunk, and he's just like making a fool of himself. And he like, he's like, "Oh yeah, open, open my present." And like, he opened it, and it's a PS3 for like his infant child. He's <laughs> like, "Yeah, that, this shit's hella expensive, man. Better fucking use that thing." Man. You know, I I almost forgot the creator, or I guess I co-creator because Danny McBride also created of this show. Uh, Jody Hill also did a movie with. Danny McBride called the Foot Fist Way, where he's a Taekwondo instructor. Uh, if you like Eastbound and Down, you'll probably like this uh, movie too. It's very much in the same vein. He's um, pretty much the exact same character, but as a Taekwondo instructor, uh, pretty pretty ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to point that out. But yeah, I don't know. Kenny Powers. It's kind of just how shocking he is. I feel like that's his appeal. So you can't believe the stuff that's coming out of his mouth. And I also like that he's. Loosely based off of John Rocker, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the real the real baseball pitcher. I wonder if anyone's ever asked him 
Julie, can you spat it down? <laughs> <laughs> it's like about you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like he's really caught on too. Uh, he had some sports commercials a, a year or two ago. Nike commercials, weren't they? Yeah. You guys remember those? <laughs> those yeah. were pretty weird. He's really, I think he's really caught Especially on. Especially because, like, and like the biggest thing about that show is like when he throws a ball, it like it looks like he's never thrown a ball like in his life. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I read something about the guys that made the show know nothing about baseball, and I think that makes it better. Yeah, and because like, like they probably talk about baseball like nine percent of the show. Like it's such a small part of it. It doesn't like you forget you're watching a quote unquote sports show. Yeah, but I feel like there's just enough of it to make it a sports show and give you a taste. It's funny you like uh, if you Google like, oh, what are the top ten sports shows of all time? This will always be on that because there's only so many. Uh, But yeah, I think that should be taken into account that regarding sports television, it's definitely in the public consciousness. So, something to consider. I probably should put some from Friday Night Lights on here. Like Matt Saracen? Yeah, Matt Saracen's pretty good. Maybe could have gone with Riggs. Smash. Eh, it's all about Kyle Chandler, though. <laughs> Wait till we get fictional coaches going. <laughs> that would be great. I am avoiding the segue to this next one because I know nothing about this next character. Me too. Is this a thing? Does this exist? Colin? Oh, what are we talking about? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Olay the Swede Anderson from The Killers, which is a 1946 film, which... Obviously, is pretty underrated because you guys don't even know what it is. It's a really good film noir. Um, so, let me wait. Yeah, it's a film noir. Is he a boxer? He's a boxer. Yes. <laughs> um, what else is he gonna be? Yeah, he plays croquet. <laughs> Professional hula hoop gymnast. Is that a thing? Anything's a thing if you think it hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they'll remember you for that quote that's a good quote anything's a thing if you think I it have I call so give us 411 so the Swede is this boxer played by uh, Burt Lancaster in I think it's his first film role um, the, the movie's uh, structured like really similarly to Citizen Kane where you've got like this reporter going around like asking people that knew the Swede like what happened to him because he like became basically involved in you know crime all these corrupt shady mobster people even though at one time he was a a promising boxer and I just like the film the way the film just you know kind of dives into the way that boxing in its early days was some shady shit. There was a very fine line between, you know, these criminals, these thugs, and these these athletes. I see it's based off a story by Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. The poster is Ernest Hemingway's The Killers. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty classy. And an uncredited uncredited rewrite 
by John Huston. Mm, I see you're looking at the Wikipedia page. I, right? I am I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> yeah, well, anyways, we don't need to talk about it anymore, I guess, because you guys haven't seen it, but you should. It's, it's a really good movie. Sounds good. I like what I'm hearing. I will certainly give it a go. Anyways. Something else called The Killers? There's that movie from a couple of years ago. Oh, Killers? Killers. With (laughs) Ashton Kutcher. Oh, yeah! And Catherine Heigl, which you just need to hear that to know that it's probably the worst thing ever made. Weren't they both on our list of actors we think should quit? They sure were. (laughs) That movie is like the worst thing then. Probably. Have they quit yet? Yeah, I hope so. What are you talking about? Ashley could just own two and a half men. Shame. But wow. yeah, Killers. Sweet. I think it's also a move. They also made it with Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> what? Ronald Reagan was a, of course, icon of the 80s. Just like in this character's universe not a good transition randy the ram robinson or Rob- robinsoni as the <laughs> it's typed in here hey robinsoni <laughs> i think it's because i originally in the movie you find out his real name's robin ramzinski uh-huh. and then i was tooling with that but yeah randy the ram robinson is the main character and darren aronofsky's the wrestler and this is basically this guy was like a '80s uh, pro wrestler, you know, like all those Bret Hitman Hart or Hulk Hogan or whatever. Speaking of Hulk Hogan, sex tapes out. You guys watching it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you? No, but I hear it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was the sound of Nancy's jaw dropping. <laughs> No, but um, this is kind of uh, this is a story about the aftermath of uh, his, his his career. Basically, he's now he's he's wrestling in this kind of underground or independent kind of uh, wrestling leagues. He goes to very poorly attended conventions. He sleeps around. He lives in a trailer. He works at a deli. Um, what I love is a relationship in his his life as a stripper. Yeah. But I love that you get to see every faucet of this character's life. You know, his job, his, his personal life, just everything, um, you know, that he is today. And it's done in, in a way that is so believable and so real. You know, Mickey Rourke, this is his comeback. Um, he plays this character so well that I, I, I it blurs the line. Like, I feel like I'm watching almost like a, a, some sort of documentary or something uh, about a real former uh, wrestler. I mean, he looks the part. He's got the, the bleached hair. He's ripped, and just he so embodies this character, and uh, and it, it gives you an interesting insight into the sport, like about how it is fixed, but that there's still so much physicality in it. These guys still do fight each other to some extent. They still are hurting each other, but there's there's a way they do it. They like choreograph it. I found that fascinating. Yeah, that the scene of them. Uh just wounding each other with weapons in that one match and then also you know mending themselves afterwards is so intense and gross oh yeah <laughs> it, it gives you a hell of a lot of respect for what these people do even though you, you know 
since I, you know, got old enough to know wrestling was fake, you know, that's been the big joke of my whole life, just making fun of wrestlers. <laughs> this movie changed that. Yeah, I mean, it showed you that, yeah, it's it's fake in one aspect, but it's also still very, it's it's not an easy thing to do to be a wrestler. And what I love is I've heard about all the wrestlers that have seen it and their response, and it's usually very positive, and it's usually like, I saw this and cried. <laughs> And you just think about these 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 buff wrestlers. They probably are watching it together, and then they're just weeping because this movie is very emotional. It is very dramatic. Um, I, I it was just the role of a lifetime for Mickey Rourke, and I was just crushed when he didn't win uh, Best Actor at the Oscars that year. Uh, it went to Sean Penn. Bullshit. I was very sad. You know what's funny is both times Sean Penn has won, it's been a huge upset. The other time he won, was when he beat Bill Murray, who was lost in translation, he was the front runner of that year. So, Bullshit. <laughs> I know it really, it really pisses me off. This is, I like Jean Penn, but yeah, I mean he's very good. And Milk is very good, but I feel like he's had so many good performances. But Mickey Rourke, this is probably the best he's ever going to do. I, yeah, you go and look at like the Expendables after that. And like, oh yeah, this is what Mickey Rourke does. <laughs> And he's he just so got into it. He was really getting his ass beat. He was doing it for real, basically. He basically learned how to wrestle because he does have a background in amateur boxing. So Mickey Rourke definitely like knows what he's doing. Like he's got the physic physicality down, and he's got the emotional part down. And he's the fastest man in the world. <laughs> yes, at the was the Summer Olympics uh, supposedly. He was in a bar with, uh, what's his face? Same Fast Bolt. Guy. Usain Bolt. And they, after they were like drinking and stuff, and then he challenged me with like a foot race. And Mickey Rourke got like, a, he started with like a huge lead. Like they're like, you can start like way up front. And Mickey Rourke won. He's like, I'm the fastest man in the world. <laughs> That's nothing. Mickey Rourke seemed like the biggest douchebag ever. Uh, but when I'm watching this movie, I forget that because. Robert Ramzinski, the Ram, whatever you want to call him, Robert Sodi, <laughs> according to my typo, is just such a likable character. Yeah, and, and he has that, that quality that you look for in, in modern athletes. I mean, we didn't put, like, the Gladiator on here. Maximus from, from Gladiator. Would have been pretty sweet. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what you love about the Ram is... But he gets all his satisfaction from the crowd. You know, he's he's actually kind of really selfless in that he's all about just entertaining other people. That's what his life is all about. And he's apparently even willing to give his life in, in the name of entertainment. Yeah, there doesn't, thing. doesn't really be, seem to be any big ego driving him like the real Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's why we can sympathize with him. Uh, but yeah, you know, great movie, great script. Robert D. Siegel also wrote and directed another great sports movie. Big fan. Do you like Big Fan, Nancy? The uh, Patton Oswalt. It's another dramedy. Um, a little lighter, but still pretty fucked up. Yeah, but that is one I'd also recommend checking out. Except the fictional athlete in that movie you don't like, Quantrell Bishop. Played by a guy named Jonathan Ham. 
interesting, interesting. But that is, I would also, if you like sports movies, I very much recommend that as well. After uh, working yeah. in uh, after working in sports radio and getting phone calls from these kind of people like uh, Pat Oswalt, like it's it's so real. Yeah, God, I'm I almost just, want to just talk about big fan now. Like this guy, like you know, like writes it all down and calls yeah. in and like like he does it every day and it's it's exactly <laughs> like it is in real life. Yeah, that that big fans movie where Pat Oswalt writes you know, down everything he's going to say. And then calls into radio stations and like talks about how much he loves the New York Giants. And of course, I don't want to spoil what happens after that. But yeah, oh man, that, that's like the perfect sports fan movie. If we're doing sports fan movies. We could do that. We could do that one with creepy Robert De Niro. <laughs> the fan. I don't know if it, I don't think that's supposed to be very good, but <laughs> there you go. Getting oddly niche on our list making. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting out of control. It's getting wild. Uh, I see what the thing there. You talking about Rick Bond, the wild thing, the major league, which I say, and I know Matty Ballgame from Film Spotting would agree with me. Best baseball movie ever made. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good one. Colin, you like Bull Durham, right? I like Bull Durham like- way more than <laughs> Major League. And I like Field of Dreams. What about you, Nancy? You have a favorite baseball movie? I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen Bull Durham for, I don't know, eight years. Okay. So Honestly, so after I, seeing it a second time, I'd put Moneyball up there now, too. I really yeah, know. I mean, I want to say Moneyball just because, like, but it's so fresh in my mind. But. Yeah, I did a top ten on the blog, but that movie didn't exist yet. So, But it definitely <laughs> would have been on there. That was great. Uh, no fictional guys there, though. All no. real. Real All men. Real. Well, you could well, say it's a fictional universe with Black Raul Abanez. He's my favorite. Is uh, John Hill's character just, invented? Uh, he's like yeah. Combined. I would say he was an athlete. <laughs> Certainly not. Well, what would you call him? Right, based on was an athlete, right? I don't uh, know about that. I thought he was based. Yeah, maybe. Well, well anyways, so it was like. I mean, that's the reason he wasn't trying to have uh, Jonah Hill, like, be him, because he's, like, an actual, like, he was, like, a college athlete and played in the minor leagues, and he's, like, hell fit, and he didn't want this fat ass. <laughs> well, that's what he got. All right, so really Major Jonah League. Jonah Hill got way in shape right after that. So Major League is about uh, a team uh, that's recently, its ownership has fallen into... Uh, the hands of, of a woman. It was her husband owned the team, and now now she owns it. And she doesn't want the team at all. She does, it's it's the Cleveland Indians. It's not even a fictional team. It's the real Cleveland Indians, which is kind of funny because really racially insensitive team. Uh, she, so she just she wants to just let go of. She wants to sell it, and so her plan is to unload the entire existing roster and just get the worst players in baseball and have the worst season in major league history so that she would have reason to help uh relocate the team to miami i think sounds right yeah but unfortunately for her her band of mitfits rally together and become amazing yeah, um, and there's so many great characters in this movie. It's kind of hard to 
narrow it down, actually. You know, Tom Berenger, Corbin Burnson, uh, Wesley Snipes, and Dennis Haysbert are all pretty enjoyable for different uh, reasons. But I think I went with uh, Charlie Sheen, Ricky Vaughn, just because I feel like I feel like he's he's still the most memorable. He's got the nickname. He's got the funny background where he was came out of prison. <laughs> And they, they they first call him Wild Thing because his pitches are terrible. They're like all over the place. Um, and there's these there's these diehard fans that come to every game with their their drums and they call him Oh yeah Wild Thing. They start banging on their little Indian drums. Eventually he gets glasses, so he's just got this cool image too of this you know badass guy torn sleeves mohawk. But then he's got like the glasses. It's great. So it's just it's just an interesting look. And he's a total rebel, so he's totally cool. Uh, I don't know if Charlie Sheen today ruins this movie now, or if that he, he ruins any of his movies now, because now we, we see him today, and he's an asshole and everything. Uh, but this character I really like. I want to say he has his own bobblehead. Probably. I think he made right. the right call going with Charlie Sheen, assuming it was you and not Colin. Yeah, I did, I did put this on here. Because um, I think the Tom Berenger character... You could compare him to Bull Durham, and then he would come off as well. well I think that the closest uh, uh, one, I mean, after after Ricky Vaughn, probably Willie Mays Hayes, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty entertaining character. He's definitely the a lot of comedic relief. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird to say this, but I feel like Ricky Vaughn is a little had a little more depth. <laughs> I know that we're talking about Major League, but. Uh, <laughs> I just think he's more interesting. Uh, you, you 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 got to learn a little more about him. Uh, I feel like there's there's some pretty hilarious uh, sequences where he just doesn't really fit into the this world he's in now, where he's going into like fancy restaurants and he just doesn't have like the right clothes. He's still got the torn sleeves everywhere he, he goes, and that's pretty that's pretty funny. Um, I yeah, I feel like he's uh, definitely a contender. A cool ending too. I, I guess I won't say anything. <laughs> I was I wasn't sure if you were gonna you had something cooking, uh, but you've been kind of off all night. I just really like that he's kind of you know they set it up you know like the classic he calls the shot and you know oh he's gonna get his big hit and that's a bunt. That's great. Great stuff. Fine film. And what about our next film? Oh, it's the finest film. <laughs> it's a film that everyone's been trying to get me to buy on Blu-ray for years. It just hasn't happened yet. I own it on DVD. Congratulations, film. Well, like Sean has this list of like Blu-rays that's like pending purchase. <laughs> Yeah, well, right now it's just Fast Five and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. <laughs> oh, I guess Avengers are out now. That's on the list. But yes, Talladega Knights. So, Will Ferrell, for some reason, has played a bunch of athletes in his career. <laughs> starting all the way back on SNL, he played a cheerleader. And got Jackie Moon, the basketball player. And what's his name from that ice skating movie? Uh, Chaz Michael Michaels. <laughs> but Talladega Nights is the one of those movies that I've seen and it's also the one I'm pretty sure is probably the funniest I think that's probably right uh, but why? 
Why? I think I think it's probably because it's the best character. I mean, it's Will Ferrell doing what he does best, playing like a slightly southern person who's <laughs> just really, really dumb. He's definitely suffering from a bad case of arrested development because uh, his dad, Gary Cole, walked out on him when he was a young man. But somehow he's still really good at what he does. Yeah. Because that's like all... His dad taught him to drive well. And so that's like all he's had. He's driving. But I think my favorite part of this movie is when he kind of uh, loses his edge. And he has to be taught once again. So he he gets he reunites with his dad and he does stuff like... Um, says he puts like cocaine or whatever in his car. And then he called the police. So he has to... He has to get good at driving really fast. He's got to get away from the police. <laughs> and then he puts, what is it, a, a cougar in his cougar. car? <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. And he, he, he perseveres. He's got that, the great Sasha Baron Cohen as, as his uh, rival, playing a Frenchman. He's like really good at driving and being French. And he has his gay lover played by Andy Richter. And has like a farm where all the animals are gay. <laughs> and let's uh, not forget his partner, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. The bake to his shake. You know what's funny about talking about Talladega Nights is what's great about this movie is all the like jokes and imp- improvised little bits, but we're talking about it in the context of a sports movie. <laughs> Which is surprisingly difficult because of how stupid this movie is. <laughs> the movie ends, spoiler, with him and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen running on foot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> They're the only two that haven't crashed in the whole race, and they crash right before the finish. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So I, 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 I suppose it has the, um, the inspirational scenes to make it. I'm a true athlete. I guess that's the question, though. I mean, people always question whether uh, NASCAR pet drivers are real athletes, but I think so. I feel like it's pretty hard what they have to do. It's definitely a sports. It hits all the same beats as like a Rocky Three. Got this guys on top of the world. New comp. New competitor shows up, loses it all. You know, mm-hmm. learn some new way to get good at what he was already good at again. But when they stab him. <laughs> yeah, he says he can't walk anymore after his accident. He's, you know, I've I've accepted it though. You know, it's, it's, it's part of life. He's like he's like playing basketball with guys in his wheelchair. And he's clearly like slightly using his legs to try to do better. He talks about like he's bought like a six thousand dollar van that's wheelchair accessible, and he's gonna tell his wife it's okay if she takes a lover because he know he can't please her anymore. <laughs> and Michael Clark Duncan, uh, who's the crew chief, right? Is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. Says, uh, you, you know, you're supposed to work this out on your own, freaky body, but you can use it. What? I did not understand. <laughs> and he stabs himself in the leg, and it's awesome because he's in a lot of pain. And that's that's exactly the kind of pain that amuses me. You know, it doesn't amuse me though is when Sasha Baron Cohen breaks his arm. That's gross and painful. Yeah. 
Anyone else have anything else to say about rookie? Nah. All right, let's move from Ricky to Rocky. Rocky is basically the classic underdog story. I mean, do I even need to go into it? He's this guy based off of a true person, I believe. A real boxer who somehow got to fight. Was it was it Muhammad Ali? Sounds right to me. Something like that. <laughs> and yeah, Spencer Stallone saw this. He's like, wow, this is such a great story. Uh, I'm going to write a movie. Yes, Sylvester Stallone writes uh, <laughs> where this underdog boxer gets his shot at the, you know, at the top and actually proves himself. It's kind of weird how this movie ends. Um, I feel like most people have seen it, so I feel like we could talk about it at the end and that he technically loses, but that's not really the point. The point is that he proved himself and that's what it's all about. And I feel like that's great. You know, it would have been so easy to just make him win, but they went the other route. I feel like that was smart. Yeah. Well, he 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 held his own. You know, he was supposed to be a joke. You know, this is supposed to be a, an easy match for Apollo Creed to just dominate some nobody. But you know, it's a feel good story because it's, he's like he's a nobody. But Rocky holds his own. He ma- he makes Apollo have to actually fight. Oh, that's yeah. enough. And he has a great inspirational theme. Yeah. I don't know why you think that's so funny, Colin. I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at something else. <laughs> do, you, do you see what I'm laughing at? Yeah. <laughs> well, I apparently will get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I don't know what that's going to be. <laughs> Rocky's on the list. How about Rod Tidwell and Jerry Maguire? He's... I feel like we talked about Jerry Maguire one other time for romantic comedies, I think. Or was <laughs> yeah. It? Yeah. I think when we did, it seemed like the only thing we were talking about was how awesome the scenes with Rod Tidwell were compared to the romantic stuff. Well, I was on the other end. Of course, I love Rod Tidwell, but I love the romance in that movie, too. But yeah, he's... Attila probably is the best character. Oh, wait, I totally forgot. Oscar winning. Right. There you go. But no, he's uh, he's the comic relief. He's funny. He's passionate. He sticks by Jerry Maguire. So you really like him because Jerry Maguire loses all of his clients. But Rod, he believes in him. I, I believe in him. I don't know if I'd believe it. I feel like if I knew Jim McGuire in real life, I'd be like, the guy's kind of creepy. I don't trust this guy. <laughs> like, and that uh, scene looks uh, like... I'd say I believe in Rod Tidwell. Oh. Because he took a chance. He went with this guy. Yeah, remember that scene at the end when the one guy's talking to his marriage was like, oh, we don't have that kind of relationship. I think it's Jay, Jay Moore's the, the agent in that case. Yeah. Jay Moore sucks. I- He's trying, Sean. Trying to do what? (laughs) (laughs) He's just trying to give you more. Trying to try. I don't know. Do you like to say anything else about Rod Tidwell? Yeah, he's fun because he's so charismatic. Seems like a real good guy. I don't even remember what position he plays. I guess he's some sort of receiver. 
Sounds right. Because mm. I remember he makes a catch and makes a touchdown. This is a fact. And he uh, has a great catchphrase, which I'm surprised we haven't mentioned, but I don't think we need to go into that because everybody knows what it is. It's that kind of passion that will get you on the list, which is why the odds are stacked against Roy Hobbs from The Natural. Roy Hobbs is pretty cool. He was this guy who was uh, this up-and-comer, but then he got, oh, was it shot or injured? So yeah, straight kinda, shot. He, it took away straight his chances. Up. So now he's getting this, uh, this, this kind of this another shot um, as an old old man going back into professional baseball. I believe he plays for a fictional team, though. I think they were called like the Knights, New York Knights, I believe. Yeah, but man, this guy can hit, and he has probably the most memorable hit in a sports movie where he knocks these uh, the skin, or do you want to call it, off of the baseball. So just like this little thing is string, and it is awesome. And he's, I guess there's just not much to his character. He's just stoic and sagely. He's yeah. an old man just trying to make the best of it. All the other baseball movies we, we talked about, except for Moneyball, are you know comedies. They're fun. The Natural is a much more artistic movie. Yeah, lots of cool, memorable shots and and dramatic moments I feel like it's not a great movie I feel like last time we watched it it wasn't as good as I remember it's it's, it's got a lot of spectacle but the content is a little lacking his life is so melodramatic you're like my god he's getting like shot and poisoned <laughs> I feel like he as a character is not that interesting honestly that's why I'm not that big a fan of the movies I feel like he's pretty bland and I'm not like the biggest Robert Redford fan, and I feel like this is him at like his blandest, honestly. Well, I, I think he Roy Hobbs does represent this great kind of stoic, legendary figure. Like he doesn't need to say much, doesn't need to do much. He just kind of has this aura to him, this, this way to him. And I guess either yeah, you like that, or you find that boring. I, I totally get that. Like I, I I don't think it's a great a great movie. I think it does have some problems. I think you know who's actually yeah. Sure. I think I I mean I root for him. Isn't you that do? enough? I'm like, yeah. Why not? He got that sweet lightning bat, why not? Oh, he's got Wonder Boy, you're right. Um you, you know what's funny about that movie is almost a more interesting athlete in that movie is uh Michael Madsen's character, Bump Bailey, who's this total arrogant asshole, and then he dies from running into a wall. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's not supposed to be, but I always thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> You're sick, man. It's like, this guy's an asshole, and then he died from running into a wall. Dude, that's going to happen to Franklin Gutierrez. <laughs> Don't say that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think Roy Hobbs has a chance, but I don't know. I don't know how much depth he has compared to the other guys. He has some. But he, I, I, see what you, I see what you're saying, Colin. Mm-hmm. But I want you, uh, you know, I want a pretty good damn case for this next one. <laughs> well, it's interesting we're so baseball focused because we all like baseball so much. But when I think about football movies, a lot of them, it's, it's like 
a bunch of okay cast members for the team, but then it's the coach that's important. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same for basketball. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You were ready to move on to the next seventh thing. So Sam Malone is the main character of Cheers. And it's kind of tricky to put him on this list because you never see him play baseball in the entirety of Cheers. I feel like there are times when he, like, gets back into it. Like, there's that one episode... Where he, like, goes to Yankee Stadium or something? Yeah, because he faces, like... It's like a rematch between him and some guy that had some game-winning hit off of him. Yeah. But being Cheers, you don't actually see any of that. You just hear about it. No. There's a shot of the dugout. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. There's a long sequence in the dugout. You're right. But that's about all you can get away with in a (laughs) traditional sitcom when you're filming a baseball scene. Yeah. Isn't that episode of Frasier where he's... He lies and says that he's like scouting or something. Like he came up for like the Mariners, but then that's like a lie. No one comes for the Mariners. Yeah. (laughs) I was just all about how Martin Frazier's dad was all about him. Like, yeah. I saw you when you gave up four home runs in a row at the kingdom at one time. Yeah, lots of lots of jokes about how bad Sam Malone was. Like after he started drinking. Yeah. Uh, drinking just destroyed everything about his career. He was really talented, but he fell for the drink. So he, he, so he was never like that good in baseball. He was really good. Uh, yeah. That's that's why coach was all about. Oh. And I felt like he was more just revered in Boston because he's like a local guy and he like owns a business. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had some. Some great game or something. I, I, Carla was all about it. Well, yeah. She's like trying to have his babies. I don't think so. She had enough babies. I know, but they didn't stop her. Right on that series, she's got like 48 children. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> I like hearing that he wasn't like great because that makes me just think of like if a real pitcher that I knew who's bad, I don't know, like Rick White or something. <laughs> Out of bar. bar. Let's go to Rick's. I wasn't aware that that Seattle season was his last. God, look at him. He's just a piece of shit. For those who don't know, Rick White was a really shitty, really. (laughs) Yeah, for some reason, I feel like we most. I mostly hate him because I remember watching this one game. I want to say it was before. I don't know. Actually, no, I don't know. I feel like there's just one game where he just came in like, who is this guy? And then he just sucked. (laughs) (laughs) They ruined the whole game. He probably had a drinking problem. That was, yeah, 2007. So, yeah, that was the year like we were like like pretty like in it. We were like three or four games back in August and and we traded for for this guy like, oh, he's going to solidify the bullpen or something. But I don't think he was like ever good. And then he just like came in and just like sucked for, like a month. He like single handedly like got us out of the race. Okay, so Rick White was promoted to the Mariners August twenty third, and he was released on September sixth. <laughs> How much could he have played? 
every inning for two weeks. Destroyed us. <laughs> Was he on your list of worst mariners? He should have been. Qualified. <laughs> One man single-handedly destroying a season. I just, he just looks like George Cheryl, but like totally unlikable. Just well, I fat. think in no in that first game we saw him, though, he had like a, his beard was bleached blonde. Yeah, that was it. That's why I hated. <laughs> and he's really long. It looked really bad. Yeah, that's that's your opinion. <laughs> Do you have a different opinion, Sean? So Sam Malone and Shears, beloved, uh, to three of the four of us. I don't know, man. Well, why is it? Is it because you, you don't see him as an athlete often yeah. in the show? Because I, I, I mean, he's a small businessman. Yeah, I mean, if you're going on the character alone, he's he's great. I love Sam Malone, but yeah, <laughs> he's not an athlete at any point in the show, really. I would still keep him in consideration, though. But what about Scott Howard? Oh, you're what talking I'm... about the wolf. The wolf. That's right. Teen Wolf. Okay, so Teen Wolf is one of the greatest basketball movies of all time. Yeah, right up there. He got game. Slash greatest werewolf movie. Yeah, right up there with, uh, I don't know, The Howling? Michael J. Fox is Scott Howard. And he's just kind of this another face in the crowd. I don't remember him being really unpopular, but he's just like, man, nobody gives a shit about Scott Howard. I, I, he had a crush on that girl, but she was like, I don't care. This guy's better basketball. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but then one night he starts realizing there's these weird changes happening to him. Now you think and that's fine. He's a growing boy. It's just puberty. he's like he's like supposed to be like sixteen. I mean, or seventeen. I mean, it's a little late to be going through puberty <laughs> stuff. But <laughs> bonus puberty at the end. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, I could get it, I could get it. But then he starts growing fangs and hair and uh, goes into his bathroom and he transforms and his dad's like, what's going on in there, Scott? And, you know, he's like, you wouldn't under jerking it <laughs> with my hairy knuckles. And he opens the door and his dad is also a werewolf. And then his dad explains that, oh, it's genetic, but I thought I would skip a generation, so I never told you, but now you're a werewolf. And uh, what's weird about this movie is I seem to recall he doesn't can't really control it, um, so he turns into a werewolf at school. I think it's at, in, in a basketball game. In a basketball game, and then suddenly he's amazing. And his, <laughs> his first werewolf game, powers perfectly translate to basketball. It's the movie we've all been thinking about but never thought to make. Mm-hmm. What's great is he is the worst team player. He's no, a complete he, ball hog. That is not true. He's a great team player. He he scored a he scored a quadruple double in his uh, first game. You know that's where you have to have you have double digits in not only like points but also in like rebounds and assists and steals. So that is not true. He was a great team. I player. I don't remember ever passing the ball. I just remember flying. He passed the, the ball all the. <laughs> yes, he does fly all the time, which is funny because Michael J. Fox is like five foot four and he's like dunking. <laughs> But no, you 
You're not being fair to Team Goal, Chad. It's a quadruple double. It's a real thing. Yeah. In high school basketball. All right, sure. Yeah. It doesn't no. matter what kind of basketball. It's hard to do no matter what. I mean, when you get, do a quadruple double, that basically means that you're equally good at like defense and offense. And he was. And I think they were. What was he MVP that year? You know, let's have this discussion. He was actually MVW, most valuable werewolf. <laughs> that would have been a great uh, rip-off movie. Valuable <laughs> werewolf. Yeah, like, Teen Wolf is such a hot property, no one could just get bullshit rights to it. John Cryer is most valuable werewolf. <laughs> This is back in the that's 80s. A, that's a movie I can imagine that has the tagline, don't see this movie, and it just gets away with it. <laughs> yeah, um, Teen Wolf is also just about, like, you know, he becomes, like, super popular, and it's like, man, do they like you for you, or do they like you just because you have sweet werewolf powers? <laughs> so it hits, we can all relate. It hits deep, too. Um, I also seem to recall <laughs> this movie has an like maybe the iconic, I guess infamous scene <laughs> where in the ending <laughs> didn't even get through it. <laughs> Does anyone know what you're talking about? I think so. Call I, think take, so. I can't I can't do it. Are you talking but, about like where an extra in the background like has his pants unzipped and like his dongs hanging out? Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like waving it around. <laughs> That's that's confidence, man. <laughs> making his mark. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He was like, "I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be the dick guy." For so people. the question then is, <laughs> did he do that for all the takes, or was that take just so good? <laughs> the director was like, "Fuck it, this is the one." People are going to see it and have to just deal with it. <laughs> this Teen Wolf is real. Oh my god. Oh my god. I couldn't even talk. I had to just listened. That is... I just... That is the funniest thing ever. There is a movie... <laughs> well, you guys, you guys got it. There's a guy jacking it in the back of Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh my god I don't, I don't think he's jacking it I think he's just saying it he's just shaking it around he's putting on a show <laughs> wow wow what, what, what a movie and now it's a TV show okay now it's a TV show wait where are we Ron Slapshot. The handsome shot is where we went. Three people, so they'd have to take three spots on the list. <laughs> I don't think they would, but they're kinda like they're twin brothers. They're like they act as one entity almost. Wait, we're not talking the about the band Hanson? That's all I got. I've I've run out of Hanson ammo. Now we have now it's a slap shot. Right. But the Hanson brothers were this trio of brothers in Slapshot that they recruited, and basically their shtick is they just start a bunch of fights, and the fans love it. 
and it the team attracts a bunch of attention because of their physicality and it's pretty over the top and the Hanson brothers are really stupid they're really immature um, they were all played by real hockey players which I found interesting uh, I don't know why I mean I guess why not they don't really need to do much they're just they're just kind of funny comedic relief um, there's a lot of good characters in Slapshot uh, Paul Newman's Probably the better character, but I think the Hanson brothers are pretty memorable. Pretty funny. You guys thoughts? I don't know if they're great characters, though. They're hilarious. They're hilarious. Yeah. But it's not like they went on to, like, make them interesting in all the other stuff they put them in. Weren't they in Slapshot 2 as well? Yeah. Of course, this reminds me of my favorite all-time MySpace friend. <laughs> Slapshot guy. Some guy who loved Slapshot so much that he had <laughs> he had two profiles devoted to nothing but Slapshot. <laughs> you don't see that in the Facebook era as much. I mean, I'm sure there's a Slapshot page. I'm sure Slapshot guy made the transition, but uh, it's not the same. It'll never be the same. Uh, but yeah, the Hanson brothers, they are funny. I think my favorite part is when uh, they fight before they've even done the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> and then they do the national anthem and they're all like bloody and they're just standing there and their, their glasses are cracked. They have a great look. They're all just really nerdy with the long hair. It's uh, really funny. There's a, there's a Slapshot 3. Come on, Say what? It's called Slapshot. Say what? The, the Junior League. The babies? <laughs> hey! <laughs> no, but it's got the Hanson brothers in it, but they're all old. But they're still on the poster. <laughs> yeah, the poster says, uh, featuring the hilarious Hanson brothers and Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> yeah. And Leslie Nielsen is really poorly photoshopped right next to the Hanson brothers. <laughs> Yes, checking us out. Yeah. <laughs> He's there. He's there. <laughs> Do you Google image search it? Like, there's one, there's two, there's two covers right next to each other. One has Leslie Nielsen and the other one doesn't. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> Why is there so many variants on the cover of Slapshot 3? Well, you no, know, he's, he's in a different place. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see what you're um, Two guys at the DVD distribution company had differing views on their vision for Slapshot's <laughs> cover. Um, I don't know. I think they're they're contenders, but we can probably move on. Then we will. Oh, last real one. Uh, Ty Webb from Caddyshack, the uh, Chevy Case Chevy Chase character. Now there are a few golf movies, maybe worth talking about. Uh, Tin Cup is good. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. No. 
That's all right. I, I figured that would be a response. So I didn't put it on the list. Uh, and, and then also, I, I guess, uh, Happy Gilmore could have been eligible. But we don't, we don't <sighs> like that anymore. I mean, we acknowledge its popularity, but God, he's so fucking annoying in that movie. It's weird that Adam Stanley played so many athletes. He's did the longest yard. He did uh, Happy Gilmore. Waterboy. Uh, Waterboy. Yeah, you're right. That's three. I'd say that's a lot. That's good enough. What about uh, the Jesus? Yeah, that guy can bump too. That would have been fun. Um, but Ty Webb, uh, Chevy Chase. There's just something about him. He just seems like you know that cool adult that you wanted to learn from when you were younger. I mean, I'm still now. That's like, yeah, I wish I'd be his caddy. I'd learn his ways. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's that's just the coolest scene ever. Making all those putts. Ty Webb's kind of the pe- person we all want to be. <laughs> yeah, a rare Bill Murray movie where I don't want to be Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray's basically retarded. (laughs) (laughs) But Ty Webb is the coolest. It's funny because these days, you know, it's so, yeah, it's so opposite. Chevy Chase is not really cool in any way, but the 70s or the 80s Chevy, well, maybe early 80s Chevy Chase. Pretty cool. Yeah, hella cool. It seems so smart and cool and collected. He's told bro, but like classy bro. Mass. I, I just said that because I feel like Caddyshack is totally a guy movie. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's a movie with a long poop joke, so yeah, guy movie. <laughs> I feel like they went really in-depth on this on the X-Files because it's like Mulder's favorite movie. <laughs> He's like forcing Scully to watch it. She's like, it's a guy movie. He's like, it's the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> I personally am not a huge fan of Caddyshack, but uh, if I had to say one thing I liked about it, I definitely liked Ty Webb. I think he's the best part of it. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield is too much shtick for me to handle. Oh, really? You think so? He's funny. I mean, I like how there's just that weird one part where he's just like, so, so let's party. And then he like turns on Journey. <laughs> It makes no sense. But no, he's too sticky for me. Yeah. Like, do, do you, you, know, you feel that? Like, like I felt the same way he was on The Simpsons. Like, he's like off doing his own thing. He just happens to be in this movie. <laughs> in this <show. laughs> That's pretty much. But I, by the time I saw Caddyshack, I'd seen Back to School. <laughs> this is like way more reined in compared to that. <laughs> Is that a is that a back to high school or back to college? Back to college. His son's we, going to the same college. We got to do college movies. What, so you want to hear me talk about back to school? I love to hear about <laughs> it. You know, I know about back to school. There's a bunch of diving in it. Did you know that about back to school? Now you do. Okay. Can I save it for the podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's the comedy gold that I throw that shit away. Uh, so, Ty Webb. He's cool. He's really good at golf, but is he an is he a, tr- a true athlete? Yeah, he's. Let's put him in. He's in a holding pattern for right now because uh, this is what Colin was laughing at earlier. I'm guessing 
Got a late edition, doodle is. As added. We need to have like a sounder for the late edition. <laughs> <laughs> You've added Fraser Crane, specifically from Fraser. Not from Cheers. Specifically from Fraser. Uh, because I guess he plays squash. Exactly. <laughs> so good. But, I don't remember this. When did you he play squash? Like, like, in like every episode. Yeah, yeah I guess he does. Yeah, They're always like dressed in their little squash outfits. I think you see him that play. One, that one time they do that sweet tournament. I can't even remember like who won or anything, but it was pretty sure it was hilarious. <laughs> just he's just out there for the you know the, the regular Joe athlete. You know, just trying yeah. to get some exercise. Mm-hmm. Burn off all that sherry he drinks. I'm not gonna put the smartest guy in television history on our list of our favorite athletes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Someday we'll put Fraser on a list. Has he not made a list? No. Top we, ten. we haven't done top ten TV shows, characters. No. People we want to be with. I mean, we, we talked about Frasier when we did top 10 TV bosses, but we were talking about <laughs> a very minor character on Frasier. Tragedy. Yes. Top, top 10 geniuses. All right, let's, let's, get this, let's get this cooking. How many we got? We got 13. Who does not fit on this list? Well, uh, we can go right back to Fast Eddie. We put him on notice because you guys are like, I don't remember this movie. Yeah, but I know he's a good character. He's definitely better than some of these, like Daniel LaRusso, who I do like. Or I feel like Ricky Bob, even though I like that movie. I know, it feels like a weird choice to me. There's a lot that I'd be willing to take off. Also, I'm not crazy about Ty Webb, but... uh. I mean, I'll leave. I've, I've given you my three. Uh, well, as I stated earlier, I'm not a fan of Roy Hobbs. He's pretty iconic sports character. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Well, I like him. Sean likes him. I've, yeah, but I feel like it's an iconic movie, not necessarily an iconic character. I can't believe that Roy Hobbs is, would be the... I, I, I mean, I, I'd I'd take one of the ones you mentioned off the forum. I'd take off well, the Karate Kid, which I haven't seen. <laughs> what the so fuck, that's basically man? my reasoning. <laughs> I know you guys like Cheers, but you didn't really sell me on Sam Malone's athle- athleticism. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it makes he is an athlete. But that's not the Sam we know and love. Are you? If you're an athlete, is that a lifetime status? He looks like he's in pretty good shape. What do you mean? He's hurting his back all the time. Yeah, but in that like, show, he's like wrecked. If we're doing this by pretty good shape, you could put like Rob Lowe from Pirates and Rank. <laughs> he's always working. His body, so I don't know. It just it doesn't feel right to me. I guess. I mean, we've already put Sam Malone on one list recently. 
And Shoes has been number one on for themes. Yeah. Can't wait till we get to talk about one of the other characters on Shoes. Talk about Norm for a while. Favorite fat guys. Okay, um, Daniel LaRusso, you can probably take off too. Uh, Daniel Star? <laughs> He's just a stupid kid. He's a stupid kid, Sean. He's not a man. This is a man's list. I don't know. Sean sold me by saying his name in a stupid voice. <laughs> I don't know who that's supposed to be. Me neither. Uh, still, this is not that excited about the Hanson brothers. Just, just fight. Yeah, uh, I, I can see where you're coming from. Like, a lot of these guys are like the stars of their movies, but they're just kind of a fun thing on the side. I like the Hanson Brothers more than Ty Webb. Nancy? You like the Hanson Brothers, I've never seen, like, all of Caddyshack. (laughs) Damn it, just when I need you to be (laughs) on my side, you can't. Yeah, I I guess... I'd I'd be okay with taking off Ty Webb. It's just been so long since I've seen that movie. Well, it hasn't been that long since I've seen Caddyshack. I just saw it for the first time a few years ago. I'm just, not not that that means anything. I'm just saying. I feel like Ty, like, it's, uh, there's a lot of side characters in that movie. It's just as much about Rodney Dangerfield. And I guess he's an athlete of sorts. (laughs) Well, Sean already took him out. So, you know. There are a few people on this list that aren't really the main character. That's not that's not really the best reason. If we're at ten, I guess you can put the Hanson brothers at ten. And even though I think you should be a little higher, probably it sounds like Roy Hobbs at nine. Because I had to fight to keep him on the list. And I mean, then I would probably go I'm trying to think if I'd go Ricky Bobby over Kenny Powers. I'd probably go Kenny Powers over Ricky Bobby. Person. Yeah, so I'd probably go Ricky Bobby next. I'm sorry. Wait, what? I thought you said Ricky King Bo- Powers next. Over. I said over Ricky Bobby, so Ricky Bobby next. Uh, I'm guessing you would disagree with that, Trent. I would disagree with that, but whatever. Hey, you, know, yeah. you don't really like Danny McBride to begin with. I'm just he's so mean. You just got to like, yeah, but like... Like, I bet a lot of athletes are like that, you know? A lot of famous people are probably. Dicks, so just probably. Does that make it right? Uh, <laughs> but it makes it real. And then you'd probably want to go with uh, Fast Eddie Felton just because me and Colin really didn't give you guys any compelling reasons. You just got to have to take, you have to take, take, <laughs> take our, our, our shaky word. <laughs> this is good. what it feels like to be hustled, isn't it? Yeah, basically. We're underselling him so that when you see it, you'll see how much greater he is. I think it's probably Wildling next. Mm, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Sure. Because he is kind of a side character, too. Yeah. I mean, the movie's kind of an ensemble thing, but... Even He's though... Not- uh, this next guy is one of my favorites. You, I mean, you might want to go with Randy Ram Robinson, 
just because that movie's not quite as iconic, maybe. I don't know. He's a, good, he's a great character, though. Uh, I think he's an amazing character. I would put him above Rod Tidwell, probably. Yeah, I, I think too, I would, actually. Just because I feel like that character, Randy the Ram, just carries that movie in every aspect, really. Like, so much of it is dependent on the character and, and Mickey Rourke's performance. I think that's actually, true of all three of the ones we have left. I'm actually glad you said that because I was just setting myself up for disappointment that... I don't know. The Ram wasn't going to get that high, but he's in the top three. That's pretty damn good. I'm pretty happy with that. Mm. I mean, this is not easy. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's it's tough because I like the Ram actually more than I like Crash Davis, but I feel like Crash Davis is God. He's just so classic. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a foregone conclusion that Rocky's number one. I mean. Personally, yeah, he's. I just feel he's the ultimate underdog athlete. He's just. A, I, I, I love Rocky. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I don't think he's half as interesting a character as Crash Davis or Randy the Ram. But for some reason, I'm thinking, well, he's got to be number one. <laughs> I, I think he just em- embodies the true spirit of athleticism. I guess. Because he rose to the occasion. I think it does help that he's like it's like the ultimate underdog story. Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta root for him. Uh, then I would put Crash at number two. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know why? Too many damn R names right next to each other. <laughs> All right, I think you can read them. Yeah, a lot of these athletes' names start with R. And yet you kick Danielson right off the list. Wax on, wax off. I'm sorry. Our top ten fictional athletes. Number ten is the Hanson Brothers. Number nine... My grammar was so bad. Number nine is Roy Hobbs from The Natural. Number eight, Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. Number seven... Kenny Powers from the show He's Bounded Down. Number six, Fast Eddie Felson from The Hustler and The Color Bond. Uh, number five, Ricky Wild Thing Bond from Major League. Number four, Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. Number three, <laughs> Randy the Ram Robin Sony from The Wrestler. Uh, number two, Crash Davis from Bull Drum. And number one, Rocky. Italian Stallion Balboa. Well, I'm so tired. I want to sleep. So I will simply say uh, sprint on over to mountainfree.com if you want to leave any feedback or fight your way to the top of our email inbox by sending a letter to t3 at mountainfree.com or if you'd rather not do anything at all, just Fresh in your eyes from this feed, we'll be back sometime around next Thursday. Uh, until then, it's game on.